Hello, my fellow neighbors. Welcome to Ocean Avenue, an unofficial Bob's Burgers podcast. And my name is Donnie. Today, I'm doing four reviews, one for each premiere on the animation domination block. First, I'm going to do The Simpsons, then Crepopolis, then Bob's Burgers, and then Family Guy. I'm basically following the show order. <laughs> so get ready for an overstuffed episode. Before we get this thing started, let's take a quick break and we come back. It's premiere day and I'm doing the reviews. <laughs> Welcome back. Hopefully you're ready for four reviews in one episode. Hopefully it's not too long, but we'll soon find out. Who knows? So I watched the episode and did the outline at the same time, which I haven't done in a while, mind you. So I don't know how well it's going to be, but I'm going to try my best to like, it's still fresh in my mind because I just finished watching all four shows. And then I did my little like ending, uh, you know, outro and all that. So I'm really excited to talk about it because it's still fresh in my mind. I was going to record this the next day, but I said to myself, I think I'm better off just recording it now because it's still fresh in my mind. By tomorrow, I'll probably forget everything because I would have to rewatch it again. And I was just like four episodes again. No, that's a lot. It's like a, a, two hours almost. And I'm like, I think I'll just start now. So. If you're wondering why this episode was, uh, it came back so quickly, it's because of that reason. <laughs> so let's start off with The Simpsons. The episode is called Homer's Crossing. So I'm going to give you a little outline of the episode and then my thoughts afterwards. And then I'll give you a rating and then I'll continue that way for the other episodes. So here we go. The intro to this episode was very strange. It reminded me of War of War, World of Warcraft, I'm thinking. Uh, where they had the, like, guess the orcs versus the humans kind of thing. I don't know what was it about. It was really strange. And then we find out that it was Otto high on acid brownies, which I found kind of weird because I always thought he was into weed, but now he's, like, into acid? I feel like there's he's always evolving more crazier, like, more into drugs than normal. But also, if you paid attention, his voice sounded a little strange. I think they have a new voice actor for his character. It sounded deeper to me. I don't know why. It just sounded deeper. Since Otto took the bus, the town of Springfield has is down a driver and a bus, and they need a volunteer to help crossing the they need a crossing guard to um, help the kids. Homer was not really paying attention and accidentally volunteered for it. On the next day, he is at work and learns that the rest of the nuclear power plant was covering for him. He actually didn't really do anything at work. His safety console wasn't working, and it was actually filled with Mr. Burns' uns—I mean, unsold Mr. Burn Funko Pops, which was really funny to me. And in reality, Lenny was doing all the work for him. The Simpsons bring up the murder-suicide of the last pandas on Earth after the break, and I know it's just a joke. But I just read recently that the last pandas that are in America are being sent back to China, which was really interesting. And I'm like, I wonder if they were implying that this might be the end of the pandas, uh, you know, it might go extinct soon, which is really sad if true. But it just seems like they were, they were estimating that's going to happen. I don't know why. So Homer's outfit as a, as a crossing guard shows up. And he quickly gets a promotion to be uh, captain. So his outfit gets a, a little hat. And it looks like really funny. It looks like a security guard costume with an orange vest. His position is uh, also being a paid gig. And he's able to hire others to work for him. He picks a few town randos to help him out. 
Soon after, he becomes a little bullish and starts being corrupt. Due to Homer's corruption, a chemical reaction explodes and covers part of the town in a chemical. Homer blames it at the lack of funding and wants more money for the crossing guards, which is really funny. Chief Wiggum is called a wokester, which I'm I'm seeing what they're going with that entire like theme for this episode. And Mayor Quimby agrees to give them more money and Homer feels that he should have asked for more because they're trying to make Homer in, in this episode more like uh, like like a Republican and being you know calling people woke and all that stuff trying to like you know do stuff like that so i think that was the theme on this episode so after the commercial break homer is looking through a very expensive riot gear magazine and he's trying to spend the money that he got from you know from the town marge mentions that he's even better in bed now since he got the promotion Moments later, Homer becomes even more corrupted and is called out by Lisa and is basically ignored. This Chief Wiggum suggests to lower the budget for the crossing guards and Homer accuses him and Mayor Quimby of defunding the crossing guards, which is a play on defunding the police, which is it's a pretty interesting joke there. Homer creates uh, attack ads on a non-election year against Chief, uh, Chief, I mean, Mayor Quimby. Soon after, certain members of Springfield take things too far. We soon learn that Chief Wickham is behind a recent violent episode. The crossing guards, the police, decide to convene at a six-way stop. Moments later, ICE, MAGA Republicans, lifeguards, and parking attendants all converge at that point. Homer gets hit by Otto in a school bus. Homer feels that uncontrolled power is amazing but lisa reminds him that he took it too far and then the episode ends with homer in the hospital recovering and something about nails i don't know why that was there overall uh geez how would i even mention this episode so i I should give you a little history about me and the simpsons i've been watching the simpsons almost my entire life it's one of my favorite shows growing up i still watch the older episodes over and over and over so uh, this is not a critical and a negative sense uh, to this episode or The Simpsons because I really do love The Simpsons a lot. But uh, my feelings about this episode specifically is that it's not my favorite. I did like the parallels to current policies and politics and how relatable some of the story is. But my biggest gripe is that it felt like an AI generated episode. They have done the corruption angle many times with much better success. Sure, the crossing guard idea could have been kind of funny if done right but it felt rather soulless in the end um, i'm used to the simpsons you know growing up doing a lot of political type uh, episodes and they just felt really good but this one was not totally up to like my expectations the writing and production it's good but it's just not great i am hoping the season improves more because i love watching them i will love to give this episode a 6 out of 10. And I see it it should I would really like to give it a 7 if it was a little better, like the ending was a little better and it was a little bit more tighter, but as is, it's going to be a 6 out of 10. It wasn't unwatchable or bad, but it could have been so much more. It I mean, it could have gone in a different direction. And I think I I like the way they're going into more current events, something they haven't done like really well in a while. So, 
we'll find out how it is. I know they, they dabbled in it in last season, and I really liked it. I think one of my favorite episodes, I think it was last season, where we had Santa's Little Helper uh, go... I think it was they were going back to uh, Florida or something. I can't remember exactly. I remember I really enjoyed it. It was very emotional. I liked it. It's hard to remember. So uh, that was the Simpsons review. Uh, how did y'all feel about the Simpsons um, episode? Did y'all like it? Is it something that you felt like was up to their standard or was it below their standard? I just wish that the writing improved. I was really hoping this season would be the season where they would do a breakthrough and improve. But this is not giving me too much hope. But I'm hoping maybe things will improve. And maybe towards the end of the season, maybe it will improve. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is I preferred it if it was a little bit better. But what are you going to do? Can't have everything. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible or anything. So that's a good thing. So next we have Cropopolis, Wife Swamp. I already seen this episode on Hulu. It was already available. I think they premiered it in a football game. I don't remember exactly. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of when I first watched it. So I was like, a second, I thought they were going to premiere a new episode. And it wasn't a new episode. It's literally just a time slot premiere. I don't know why I thought it was going to be like episode two, but they just basically replayed episode one again. So I was excited to do a second viewing because I didn't think I gave it a clear enough shot the first time. Because I was kind of like not really catching the vibe. It's kind of like... When you watch Bob's Burgers the first time, if you've never seen an episode or know anything about it, it may not like gel with you the first viewing. And multiple viewings, you might start to get to the like the vibe of the show, and then you're like in love with it. So I'm hoping this is the same situation because I do like the character art. I think it looks really cool, very cute, very strange. That's my jam. So I do find that some of the voice cast is kind of strange. I didn't feel like their character matched their voices too well. And this could all just be because I don't know them that well. So we'll, we'll just put that as a question mark on that part. So uh, I wrote this outline not knowing the characters' names. Even though I watched it previously, like I said, it really wasn't giving it a fair shake. I was just watching it, not really paying much attention, just trying to see if I liked it or not. Thinking we were going to watch another episode today, but we're just re-watching the first one. So, my descriptions for some of the people are kind of weird. So, <laughs> get ready for that. Okay, so, the purple-haired man, main dude, is being pressured to marry Poseidon's daughter. Quickly after they're, uh, they are engaged, I mean, quickly after they are engaged, after seeing a marble statue of themselves, a random scene of a wolf lady falling into a vat of urine, and she upgrades her body and gets sent into the woods. A Kraken shows up and he mentions that he had paid for a fake fight, was paid for a fake fight with the purple haired guy's mom, I guess. She paid for the purple guy, purple haired guy's fight. We see a flashback of a clearly staged fight that was kind of funny, which I, it was really funny. Purple haired main guy confronts his mom and she already knew that the Kraken leaked the news. He mentions he wants to get a woman on his own way and not be not being tricked into marriage a not very funny scene of the loot player playing his loot and then the loot turning into spiders it lasted far too long and i was praying for it to be over i was just like this isn't 
funny. What is happening? So Poseidon's daughter suggests going to the swamp as a way to escape Poseidon and his mother. Wolf Lady is trying to convince the other wolves about her identity, but gets quickly her identity gets quickly revealed by one of the wolves. In the swamp, we learn that Poseidon's daughter bumps into her ex, who is a centaur. Wolf Lady barely survives the fight that she has with the wolves and meets another wolf who's also badly beaten, and they soon become friends. Quotation mark. The scene <laughs> where the where the deer is watching them was rather funny because this is like they're saying to each other, "This is not going to end well for us." <laughs> that was really funny. Back at the swamp, Poseidon shows up, uh, shows up riding two dolphins. He is pressuring his daughter to marry one of the two guys. We learn the main guy is named Tyrannus. The centaur is named Carrots. They are egged on to a fight to the death by Poseidon. Wolf Lady asks her friend to translate what she's saying to the wolves. And it's comically incorrect. And I really enjoyed that scene. It was very funny. Either way... <laughs> The wolves agreed to exploit the situation for now, and Neil seemingly agreeing to work together. Poseidon seems to have killed Tyran Tyrannus and Carrots, but Tyrannus's mom saves them from with a magic spell. She summons a whale like Poseidon to return home toward the end. The wolves want to be integrated into the community and have many demands. We, we end the episode with cute puppies and the wolf staring to the camera warning messages of a wolf uprising. <laughs> so, I've already, like I said, I've already seen this episode and I, I didn't really give it a good shot in the beginning. I think I mentioned that many times already. But did my opinion change? Yes, to a positive one. It seems like it could have ended up being a really good show in the long run. I like how it's totally different from the other Sunday night series. And in, as I mentioned earlier, I love the art style. The comedy can be rather witty. And for a first episode, it's not that bad. And it's not as bad as I remembered. I'm excited to see what they offer to the table as the season continues. I hope it evolves and improves as its baseline is pretty good right now. I give the episode a 6 out of 10 with hope for improvement later on. Now, my this is what I wrote in my outline. The reason I gave it a 6 out of 10 is because I don't know the characters too well, but there are parts in there that I really did enjoy. So, if I, I think if I, when we get more episodes out and I probably go back to this episode, it probably would go up because I know the characters more. As you can see, I was writing purple haired main guy, Wolf Lady. I mean, I didn't really know their names. They don't really mention their names a lot on the show. So it's a lot of, I felt like when you're kind of like in a new town, you don't know anyone and you're just like, oh, you're, you know, porch lady. Cause just, you know, her from the board, you don't really know her name yet. So I feel like we're learning to be friends. <laughs> so it's like a six out of 10. Uh, yeah, I think the show is going to be really good overall. I, I'm excited to watch more of it. I want to know what, you know, is this going to be like, uh, do they have an overarching storyline because it seems like they're hinting that the wolves are going to have their own subplot or something like very interesting but yeah i'm excited for that show it seems like it's gonna be good so the next episode is clearly bob's burgers and it's showdown at the not okay chorale so this one i wrote a pretty long outline for obviously 
So we get a cold open to the Belcher home at Friday at 7.30 p.m. Louise gets her finger puppet candy thing confiscated and thrown away by Ms. LeVon. Uh, Linda being... Linda begins to suggest to bring back more chores and the kids instantly begin to push back. Linda explains that she had a conversation with her mother Gloria and wonders if her kids were doing any chores at home. She and Gail used to do chores growing up and feels the kids need to uh, as a way to help around the house. There they are being oh wait wait they're using the word respectively in a passive-aggressive way to each other as a way to show signs of disapproval. Louise and Linda begin to have at it, and Linda is not budging and says they are not going to watch TV tonight. It's 8 p.m. now, and Bob mentions that now he and Linda are, will not be able to watch TV either, and the kids feel their, their parents are going to crack. Now it's 8.30 p.m., and the kids do not want to brush their teeth. Ten minutes later, Linda announces early bedtime and the kids push back and Linda screams no Christmas ever again. You know, knowing that's not true because she is running out of ideas to use her authority. Linda feels that if they don't do chores, it could cause them to be hoodlums when they get older. Linda and Bob agree to let, let it go and not reintroduce the chores for now. Linda and Bob begin to tell a story. Bob begins to tell a story on a... <laughs> of a buff pony named Pepperoni. We see once again Bob telling a story and Linda and the kids alter the story as it's being told. It's set as a western and it's very cute. I love how they look so wacky because as they're like uh, they're altering the story as it's happening Louise has these enormous shoes. I just love it. It's so funny. Obviously the story is basically a vehicle for them to vent their frustrations about the chores. Louise is flipping the story, having the sheriffs become the villains of the story instead of the heroes. Mr. Fishoder is the head honcho. I think they call him like Mr. Gosher, Goldsher, or something like that, and of the story, and is ordering the married sheriffs, as the name of Bob and Linda, uh, to handle the kids. The kids try to recruit Zeke and Jimmy Jr. to get rid of the married sheriffs. On this episode, Jimmy Jr. sounds way too much like Bob because he's not really speaking with a speech impediment that we've heard him use before. Louise ends the story quickly when the married shares become abandoned in the desert. Linda does not like that and continues it from there. Again, wolves were featured in this. They apparently were dancing with wolves. And I'm like, wow, two episodes back to back featuring wolves. Very interesting. They have a tendency to repeat a lot of themes on certain nights i once in a while we'll get like a night where they all use the same theme like magically it's really interesting or maybe it's planned i don't know the townspeople are celebrating and are having a good time because the the married sheriffs are not there mr fishholder's character threatens them by pelting them with beans it gets kind of dark and bob tries to calm her down after the break there's a standoff with the kids and mr fishholder and it gets interrupted by bob and linda they are trying to protect the kids, but Louise wants to know, how can I trust you? Linda mentions that maybe chores is a way to protect them and it's not having, by not having them turn into delinquents. They mention Big G a few times during this episode, and it's a secret head of the police department. I think the Big G was Gloria. Bob mentions that the story 
that Louise is telling is actually from an R-rated Western film. I forgot the name of it. It's implied that she watched it while Bob was asleep. Soon, we he, we see Marshmallow again. I was in total shock. I love her new voice, by the way. I'm really happy that she's back. Louise shoots Bob's pants off and his butt flap comes out and Gene gets his pants shot off. And in the end, Louise and Linda are in the final standoffs. They're using the biggest ammo they have. Lima beans. Linda... <laughs> Why was that so funny to me? I don't know. Lynn is being is begging Louise to do the chores and she begins to cry during the quick draw. She feels upset because she feels that she that the kids don't respect her. We see Pepperoni showing off his pecs to distract us. When we get back from the break, Louise offers to look for Linda, and it's one of the rare times we see Linda crying. She's always so positive. Louise explains why she pushed so back so much. She feels that the adults are always bossing them around. Linda explains that she's frustrated because she just wants to raise good children. They hug it out, and according to Jean, Candy fixes everything. Louise and Linda are joining up in the story to overtake Mr. Fishodor, and it's revealed that Big G was Gloria. Linda and Louise stick up for themselves. Linda mentions that she is going to do it her way and not follow Gloria's demands. The ending is pepperoni flexing, eating pepperoni, and the theme song is playing in the background. So he has his own theme song. Uh, it was really weird. <laughs> I liked it. It was fun. Overall, here's my review. Overall, I rather like this episode. I thought it was basically a rehash of similar plots on previous episodes with the Western theme jazzing it up. I don't mind if they do this once in a while. I just wish they had a more impactful first episode, but I was pleasantly surprised of the final result and it felt familiar yet fresh i did love the ending and louise and linda working together truly made an understanding of each other really was a great point of view i give this episode a 7.5 as i believe it's an above average episode because of the sweet result at the end and i find pepperoni kind of funny <laughs> I'm excited for the what's coming for this season because if this is like the first episode and comparably to the other previous two shows, you can see that the quality of the writing on this show is much higher, more emotional, and also more funny. So I'm really excited to hope that this continues on for the rest of the season. I just don't want them to rehash or re or like reformulate previous episode themes and stories because I want them to come up with something new and exciting. But we'll soon find out. This is the first episode. And the next episode featuring Rudy seems really, really interesting. So I'm hoping I'm right. So the final show, Family Guy, Fertilized Meg. Oh, goodness. This episode was interesting. So let me read about Stewie is doing a card for a classmate. His friend, his friend's name is Gert, short for yogurt, and apparently his parents are doulas. Uh, which I'll, I'll explain this later, but okay, doulas. This episode was very pregnancy oriented. So Peter walks in a covered in red glitter and saying that he got a million dollar tax refund for some reason. Peter and Lo Lois ask Meg to take the kids to the bowling alley. The it's kind of funny, but the flashback is Stewie at the Boston Tea Party and he's trying to convince them not to toss out the tea. And would rather have them write a strongly worded letter instead. Back in the bowling alley, we see Gert's mother. She's using sage to cleanse the area. And she repeats, everybody wins, everybody wins. And quickly freaks out at the end. She like screams something like, don't go over there or something like that. Soon after, we see Peter at the bowling alley. And Meg is like frustrated because she's like, why didn't she just take the kids instead of her? 
Anyways, Peter imitates Fred Flintstone, which is pretty cute. I was like, that's pretty funny. And I think he says, so he doesn't say yabba dabba doo. He's like, you bully doobly doo or something like that. We soon see Stewie has a new rival kid and he has a headband. This new kid is flaunting his alleged superiority by saying that he was on six plane flights already. They bowl against each other using every assist possible. They're using like a ramp and the railings. I'm like, geez. It's funny because their kids are doing that, but it's just really funny when you see how much uh, assist they have. Well, Stewie doesn't knock over any pins, but the new kid was able to knock one pin by accident and acts like he's far superior to him because of that. Moments later, we have Chris on the floor asking women to step on him to figure out their shoe size. In reality, he's not giving them any useful information. He just wants the sensation. Quagmire is very proud of him. <laughs> The only time we see Quagmire in this episode. Peter is randomly wearing a Marilyn Monroe... Well, one of the few times. Peter is randomly wearing a Marilyn Monroe dress and Joe offers a ton of played out facts that irritate the guys. Meg and Bruce once again are forming a connection and mentions that he and Jeffrey can't have kids. Meg offers her oven, quotation marks, for them to create a baby. Peter offers to take her to the top of the stairs when he finds out and then a voiceover says... It's not an abortion. It's an oopsie if you know if she falls down the stairs. Now, depending on your sense of humor, this is either hilarious or atrocious. I leave that up to you. But I gotta say, the way he says oopsie really had me giggle. I don't know why. It was just really funny. After the break, Meg's parents are upset with her. We learn that Meg is just going to incubate a fertilized donor egg inside of her. Moments later, we see Dr. Hartman and he mentions that he is going to start the fertilization process. We have her laying on the sofa asking for stereotypical exaggerated pregnancy cravings. Peter soon runs out of the house in a hole that he created while drinking and driving previously and he had an accident and made a big hole in the side of his house. We get a cutaway where Peter is eating edible underwear for his last meal and then gets quickly electrocuted. It was very strange. Back at the house, Meg is using the monitor to ask for something to eat because she wanted something super bad. Peter drives to Papa John's <laughs> to get just to get a pizza and begins to rail on his pizza saying it's really terrible, but then he also wants a ton of it. Back at the breakfast table, we have Chris being creepy again, and Meg for some reason it has a breast milk pump with her. Lois wishes they could just fast forward in time where Meg would already have the child. We soon get a few time jumps with Peter deteriorating due to a meth addiction and Meg is getting increasingly more pregnant. <laughs> I was like, where am I at? Eventually, Peter recovers and Meg's water breaks. She finally gives birth to a baby girl and it's delivered in a Panda Express bag. Bruce and Jeffrey seem not ready for this child and name her Liza Judy Barbara, which are stereotypical, um, I believe they're like, uh, like, musical like i know this liza minnelli judy garland and barbara streisand i'm assuming so uh you know they're all like singers and uh actors and all that stuff so they you know they're really stereotypical uh you know gay joke another uh suit so stewie did a sushi like sushi kept saying sushi over a billion times earlier and then he repeats this gag again to no laughs from me i'm just like okay so it seems Meg is now invested in this child's life the moment she looks into her eyes. After the break, Meg is feeding baby Liza with a bottle and Lois is rather annoyed that Jeffrey and Bruce haven't gotten their kid. We learn that Jeffrey had made a murder mystery play soon after 
we see baby Liza and Peter are having a fart competition. Lois is really into the hot grandma persona and the drinking is drinking from a huge wine glass. Somehow time passed and Liza is much larger and Peter favors her to Stewie. Meg mentions that this is her calling and she feels this is she is more better suited to raise a child than Bruce or Jeffrey. Somehow Liza speaks and they want her back. She says some like I forgot something like I don't know something that they that was like sort of like stereotypically gay and they were really interested in that. It's kind of sweet that they eventually created a new family together. Oh wait, I missed a spot. Somehow Liza speaks and then Meg begins singing Take a Chance on Me from ABBA. I really wanted to bring that up because it kept making me laugh because uh, it was ABBA and she no one liked the way she sang it. It was so funny. Well, anyways, I thought that was kind of sweet that they created a new family and it's possibly we're never going to see them again. Because <laughs> we barely even see Jeffrey, so let alone we're not, we're probably never going to, we don't even see uh, Susie. So we have two kids in the story we probably never going to see. So Lois donates all of her GILF merch, which she, cre she collected, to Goodwill. And we've soon seen people wearing it and mentioning, what does GILF mean? And they're like, God, I love fentanyl. And Peter is basically deteriorated and agrees with the sentiment. The final scene is Bruce trying to ease baby Eliza by flashing the lights and beatboxing, which I think is... I if you go watch a play, I think they flash the lights to tell you the movie started. I mean, the play started, I think. I don't know. I've never been to a, a play like that. That last play I went to was to see Paper Cranes, I think. That was the um, uh, Hiroshima uh, play about a young girl who did uh, Paper Cranes to um, pass time while she was... Uh, she was slowly passing away in her hospital bed it was a sign the paper cranes are uh resembling i mean they represent peace that's what i was trying to think of yeah so here's my review for the episode this wasn't really a great episode and it wasn't really bad either it was very mid nothing hilarious just felt like an episode to cause a conversation with a few chuckles i honestly was kind of bored at some points of the story it felt like it was going at a snail's pace at some places i guess i'm just used to the rapid fire storytelling they usually deliver i do appreciate the positive ending and the hope future episodes are closer to their fast paced previous episodes so yeah it wasn't the best it wasn't the worst and i forgot to put a number in here so let's see i would give the episode uh like a 6.5 it was just it was just just under average it wasn't an average level yet. It was there's parts in it were just too slow for me to give it an average rating. For me, a 7.0 is basically anything that I think is funny, well paced, and good. It's nothing negative. Uh, anything beyond beyond a seven for me is like either you know great and outstanding. You know, goes it goes up from there. Anything under a seven is just like mediocre to bad. Like it's like, oh, I don't know. But this episode wasn't horrible, but it was okay. And I don't think I'm going to rewatch it very often. So that's the reason why I didn't want to give it a seven because usually sevens I rewatch, even though they may not be my favorites, but I'll rewatch it because I like it. So like I'm going to rewatch that uh, Bob's Burgers episode. Uh, the uh, Was it Showdown at the Not Okay Corral? I, Choral. 
I really did enjoy that one and I kind of want to see it again because I have a feeling after multiple viewing that score is going to be like inching its way up but for right now I give it um, the highest score of the night so let me read my closing comp uh, my closing statement <laughs> this is like I'm, I'm doing a, a professional thing like I'm very professional here today we're doing a, a club I'm, like, I'm straightening up my tie right now so tonight's animation domination block very felt very average Nothing felt revolutionary or amazing, but nothing bad, which is a good sign in my book. I think The Simpsons still have potential over after all these years. Kropopolis may have started kind of okay, but I feel things will improve soon after. Bob's Burgers is the highlight of the block being the best story and having the most laughs for me. With Family Guy being a little bit more calmer this time, and which is pretty surprising for me to say i love adult animation and i just can't wait for next week so i'm going to have a poll um in this episode and on my instagram it's going to say what like how would i say this because i i want your feedback should i add another show to this podcast if so which one from the four well, three, I should say, from the three. So we are going to have Kropopolis, Simpsons, and Family Guy. If you, or then option four would be don't add any more shows. So you can pick one of the shows or none. <laughs> and whatever the, the, the highest score is, I'll honor it. So if everybody wants me to do, um, let's say, um, Simpsons or something, I will integrate more Simpsons uh, it won't replace my Bob's Burgers episodes. It's just going to be an extra episode with The Simpsons. And uh, I won't do a like a group review like I did today because it was premiere night and I wanted to do a group review. I will do a separate review for The Simpsons and another review for Bob's Burgers. So if you don't want to listen to, let's say, The Simpsons or Family Guy or Corbopolis, you could just skip it and just listen to Bob's Burgers ones. It's, we'll see how it is and if this uh, podcast evolves to include more shows. Because if that's what you want to hear, I'm here for it. I'm willing to do it. So we'll see. So tonight's... Oh, wait, that was every... I think I read everything. <laughs> All right. So remember, Friday, I'm going to do an older episode of Bob's Burgers. So stay tuned for that. I haven't revealed which one it is because I have to think about it because I am really tired. I haven't slept for a while. So, um, I, I literally didn't sleep the night before. Uh, I was just very, I was wired for some reason. I was just like, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know why. So please rate and review if you can, because it does help my, my ratings on this thing too. So I'm re reviewing and rating the shows. You can review and rate my show. <laughs> um, if you can visit my website, podcasterdonnie.com for more information and follow me on Instagram or my fan art and memes. So I'll see you in the next episode. So bye bye for now. <laughs>